Welcome to Game Woman, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing Quest by the Adventurers Guild. If you like what we do here and want to get involved, follow us on Twitter at GameWoven, where you can join our Discord and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash GameWoven. episode of the Game Woven Podcast, building a world one game at a time. This is a very special episode. That's right, we're starting with a very special episode. They said it couldn't be done. We've got guests, and we are going to run a game of Quest, a game by T.C. Sotek by the Adventure Guild out of Brooklyn. Quest is a rules-light fantasy game using a single D20 resolution mechanic with no modifiers, Players select a class and abilities within that class and go on zany adventures. What I love about Quest is the fact that it has a success spectrum going from catastrophes to tough choices to triumphs, and things are really open-ended for what characters can and can't do, and abilities have a generous mix of combat, exploration, and roleplay. Let's introduce our guests right now, and then we'll introduce their characters in just a little bit. Why don't we start with David Tilstra? Ooh, hello, everybody. My name is David Tilstra. I am normally the dungeon master over at From Afar Podcast, or yeah, that's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> um, super excited to be here with this super, super duper awesome crew. Always a pleasure playing with you, Ben. And yeah, I'm excited about this. So, huzzah. All right. Let's go with. Your friend and mine, Big Bees. Hey, what's up? I'm Big Bees. Variety streamer, uh, voice actor, speedrunner. Hold the uh, world record for TMNT right now. Yeah. What? And I uh, do a whole bunch of other stuff randomly. But yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to be here and very excited to play and have a totally 100% completed character. So. <laughs> well, let's go on to Gamer Bomb Luna. Oh, that's me. I am Gamer Mom Luna. Most of you probably would remember me from my stream, Tales from the Tavern, but now I am currently writing and interviewing for uh, Shadowmain.com, S-H-A-D-O-M-A-I-N. And you can also catch me as an interviewer for Rising Tide. So if you're part of that Discord server, you can look for me doing some interviews over there as well. And uh, I actually do have a completed character. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Rude. Wow. I'm going to throw some shade down right now. Wow. wow, wow, wow I'm with wow, these. Wow. I realized I didn't take any of my abilities, so I'm just going oh my God, to get those real quick. Just take <laughs> but real I'm, quick. It's fine. You don't worry. I, I'm changing the name of my character to uh, uh, Bullrog. So I'm Bullrog, and I have all the powers. So I have my powers, all the powers. <laughs> and last, and certainly the most, it's Goliza Champion. Hey, I'm Gliza. I go by they, them. I am a person of many hats. I'm a podcast host, a writer, a variety streamer, talk show host, 
I am currently the director of philanthropy on TTRPG, that's T-E-A-T-R-P-G, as well as a partner on the Gremlin Collective. But today I am in front of you as a TTRPG personality. And that's me, hi! You can find everything I do by just going to add Classical Gliza everywhere on the internet, especially on Twitter, while it's still floating. But I don't know how long that's going to last. Believe you and me, particularly on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for being here. I'm T.T. Benjamin. I'm going to be your guide. You're going to get used to my voice quite a bit over the course of this show, but I am the producer and showrunner for the Game Woven podcast, and I am proud to introduce you to episode one of Game Woven. Let us begin. It is October 9th in the year 1633, during a time period that scholars would later call the Age of the Marathonian. Here we see four travelers trudging westward through the slop that the people of this land call a road. Against every recommendation, they're traveling through the Blood River Valley, a war-torn collection of small towns gathered around the bend of a wide and fast river on the edge of the undying empire. Low on supplies and coin, they made the difficult choice to cut through Fort Wespis and the pass beyond to cut three weeks off of their long cross-continent journey. They were advised repeatedly not to do this. The Blood River Bend is dangerous, not just because of its history of guerrilla war against the empire, but because of a lingering curse that has persisted for centuries. They were given three pieces of advice before taking this road. Number one, stay on the road. Number two, don't meddle with the wildlife. And number three, don't touch the discarded weapons along the path, no matter what. As the well-kept cobble deteriorates and the miles press on along a muddy path, so too does the normally pleasant weather of autumn in the eastern plains give way to a dour, gloomy mist and perpetually overcast skies. There is a gentle but uncomfortably chilly rain as the travelers press on into the city. Some questions for you, travelers. Answer one each and then introduce your character. Who among you is traveling west? and why. I am traveling west. I am Juniper, also known as Junebug. I use she, her pronouns. I am 69 years old and stand a whopping five feet tall. Nice. I am the party's naturalist. When people see me, they notice my sculpted hair, my time-worn face, and my friendly demeanor. I wear a layered dress, fingerless gloves, and I move with absolutely no sense of urgency. I am like the crazy old lady with the big jewelry that lives nearby and everybody is like, she's really weird, but also super friendly and makes really good cookies. So mm. that's, that's where, that's who I am. I am going West because I can. <laughs> <laughs> if your neighborhood doesn't have one of those ladies, then you have to have a neighborhood meeting and uh, do a lotto and whoever draws the lotto has to become that lady. I'm sorry, that's just that's just municipal code. That's how that goes. That's true. If we don't Them's make the rules, the rules. We just follow them. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. All right. Who among you knows there is a town called Finchin that is safe and you can find supply and work? How did you get this information? That would be me. You're Wonderful, lovable, and I mean that super sarcastically. That would be the fantastic magician, Gubin the Adequate. Aptly named because he just 
does not care about really anything he does. He's very bored, lazy, has magic, but like does the bare minimum at best, but still thinks he is the best magician in the land. He is 100% convinced of that. And, uh, well, let me, let me read my character profile. Hello, my name is Gubin the Adequate. I'm 26 years old, stand 510. I'm the party's magician. When people see me, they first notice my rough hide, radiant smile, and tightly wound energy, which he only exhibits when performing. I wear encrusted cuffs and runes in my hair, just straight decked out, and move with casual swagger. Pretty much, if, if you're trying to think of the casual swagger, like trying to figure out how he moves, think of Vince McMahon. There you go. <laughs> That's how he walks around. Nice. Just that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a city in the mist where my people are known for their neutral rationality. Like every no one no one cares about anything. I believe life gives abundantly, so I will too. But my Okay. I, I didn't fully read this when I wrote it, but I was just picking stuff. <laughs> it says, well, this is why, because it says, I believe in <laughs> life gives abundantly, so I will too. But my, yes, it's true. I'm very famous from where I'm from. Side can get in my way. <laughs> <laughs> I dream of finding a corner of the world to make my own. Wonderful. And how do you know about the town of Finchin and where did you get the info? Oh, I have like a, a list, like a notebook of places to uh, perform, to spread my glory as Gubin the Adequate. So that's one of the things on there. I know, like I have like a little list of, hey, if you're in this area, here's a safe place to go and perform. If you go in this area, here's a safe place to go and perform. Mm. Because, you know, I like to perform, but I also don't want to like deal with the hassle of like trying to get out of danger and all that, because that's just too much. I'll say this, when we described Finchin as a safe place to f perform, it's not that it's safe, it's just that, like, it's safer compared to anywhere else you would perform in the Blood River Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what he has. He has, like, you know, if for whatever reason, now, granted, the person I told him is, like, you should, I'm gonna look, look me in the eye, look me in the windows of my soul, should never go into this place. But <laughs> if you do, I... If, if for some reason you end up there, yeah, you you can go uh, perform there. But again, you should not at all ever go there. And he's like, yes, but just like the rest of the world, that place needs my glory. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> that is why he has that on the list. All right. Who among you knows the most about the Undying Empire? Tell us one weird fact about them. Oh, hey, that would be me, Reginald Ramirez Ramos. Hey, I go by he, him, and I am Junebug's twin brother. I am also 69, nice, nice. <laughs> years old, and I stand at 5'4". I am the party's doctor, and when people see me, they first notice my shaved head, long beard, and captivating grin. I wear fingerless gloves, and oversized spectacles and move with a singular purpose. 
I am from a great metropolis where my people are known for their steady pursuit of knowledge. I also believe in generosity. Uh, life gives abundantly, and so I will too. But my oblivious side can get in the way. You know, all those rules about don't leave the road, don't touch the stuff, the weapons, they were mostly looking at me when they were giving <laughs> that advice because I am known for like, oh, look, this nice weapon, I should touch it. Um, that's me. <laughs> I dream of becoming the greatest scholar in my field, and I am focused on learning about the Undying Empire. One random fact about them was when they had first started as an empire, they had a rigorous training program that one had to go through before being chosen to become one of the Undying. But as the centuries continued, they become obsessed with legacy. So it's more of the name you were born in rather than your skills or abilities that can get you turned into one of the Undying which has incredibly slowed and not many are turned anymore, if any are. So that is one fact about them that I found out. I don't care if it's not true, it is now. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Gliza, we've, we've actually already recorded some stuff before we recorded this. And the amount that you just accidentally foreshadowed is oh, <laughs> staggering to me. I, uh, <laughs> you get out of my head, please. <laughs> this is perfect. So Gliza and I created twins, right? We uh -huh. created our characters completely separately from each other. We both chose fingerless gloves. We both chose generosity and we both oh chose obliviousness. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, 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 it's, 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 it's kismet. It's unbelievable. Kismet. <laughs> our final prompt. Who among you is pious and knows the ancient name of the god of travel? Would you ever share it? Hello, that's me. I don't know if I would be pious or not. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah, let's go with that. I think, uh, so basically today I'm playing the character Carbon Alter Ego. Carbon is a spy with a willowy, willowy frame and a radiant smile has a graceful vibe and moves with graceful posture. He also wears tight, a tight-fitting tunic and, of course, fingerless gloves. Oh, no! So get ready for that, y'all. We got we no, no gloves on these fingers, or no fingers on these gloves. <laughs> and uh, also a fluttering cape. He moves with an effortless glide, comes from a great metropolis known for inventing the future. Carbon believes in heroism, but that heroism leads to Carbon being quite reckless. Carbon will do anything to help those in need, even if that involves stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. That's he's kind of kind of like a like a good Batman. It's kind of what I was thinking of for him. I think Carbon has has, has traveled quite a bit and learned and is knows the, the the name of the god of travel and is secretly quite pious as well. I don't think he would share the name of the god of travelers. I think he I think that's kind of embarrassing for him. It doesn't really go with the persona he's trying to show to the world. Mm. Can it can it be Harvey Dent? Yeah, please, please be Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> What's the god of travel's name? Harvey Dent. Mm -hmm. It's Harvey Dent. It's Harvey Dent. Where's the girl? It's me. <laughs> Joker. Um, where's the boy? <laughs> Bees, does your does your character does uh, Goobin awful also have fingerless gloves? No, no. <laughs> Thank God. He just no, has finger gloves. 
Yeah. Only no, fingers. No, yeah, it's only the finger parts. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, no palm. Does it have the little like threads attaching back over to the wrist? Because that's very yeah. fancy. Oh, yep. mm, too good. Entirely too good. <laughs> Junebug might have to knit you some fingerless gloves just so you match everybody else. So you fit mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame because uh, you do that and then that that crazy thing where those goblins come at night and take them. And then always leave a pile of ash next to you. (laughs) It's it's insane. Like, oh my god, it happened again. Yeah. Oh no, it happened again. Oh my god, I just realized that's his voice. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. So I am here. I am Goobin the Adequent. Oh no. I'm here to perform for you. You're welcome. (laughs) Ahead of time. I would watch that magic show so fast. So fast. I would hate watch that. (laughs) I'm here to perform acts of heroism and mystification that will blow your mind. Prepare for all that is Goobin the adequate. So, let's get her going. Oh, that, oh, that just, that reset my whole brain. My bad. That just reset everything for me. You are traveling currently east to west. So coming from the eastern plains, which are normally very pleasant, and entering into the Blood River Valley. The Blood River Valley, it's honestly, it is literally, I want to say it's like there's a dark cloud hanging over their place, but it's not a metaphor. There actually is a dark cloud hanging over the Blood River Valley. There are numerous legends about this valley, like just on top of each other. And they're they're so stacked together, it's hard to tell what is and is not true. The big rule is generally, if you see a weapon, don't touch it. This area, so as you're passing along what used to be a cobble road and is now basically just a mud trail that is sloppy and gross and makes nasty little squelching noises every time you step, you can even see an instance of one of these weapons that you're definitely not supposed to touch just passing by it there is a scabbarded bronze gladius hanging from a tree branch and upon closer inspection you can even see that the tree branch apparently grew around the strap of the scabbard so this 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 weapon is basically attached to the tree that's how long that thing has been sitting of note is the fact that the weapon itself, the the scabbard, looks completely intact. Undeterred by the mud and the weather, it looks like it was, well, I'm going to say forge fresh, not factory fresh, forge (laughs) fresh this afternoon. It looks that good. So as you press onward, you do see a turn to an old haggard sign that is held up by two old bronze-tipped spears that just sort of vaguely says on the woodprint, Fort Lenaudia to the right. Pressing forward, you can also see that there is a sign that says Finchin going forward. Going deeper through the mud, down into the valley itself, you finally reach the edge of what is apparently this vast and wide river, and it is intense. We are talking a few city blocks wide with incredibly rapid currents. Anyone ever been to the Mississippi River? Yes, I've been to the Mississippi. Yeah. I have not been to the Mississippi River. Have this I been? Is... I don't know. I've flown but... over it. <laughs> I went to I went to the Midwest. Is it in the Midwest? Yeah, it is. <laughs> cool. 
I could probably throw a rock from my front porch and hit it. Then yes, I think I've seen it. We're talking the kind of river that you could drive big ferries up and down. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a big one. And Gubin, one of the tips that you got about getting to Finchin is that there's supposed to be a bridge here. And when you reach the terminus of the road, you see that like you're just right up on the edge of the river and there's probably about a 20-foot ravine going directly down into it no evidence of a bridge whatsoever until you look a little further downstream along a goat path and see two options to cross the river. Unless one of you has some other clever way to cross a wide river, which maybe you do. Quest is pretty funky. The first option is what appears to be a series of ferries. Not wingy ferries, but like boats. (laughs) And they are attached by long, thick ropes on either end. And it appears the ferrymen, like, tug the ferries back and Mm. forth along the ropes rather than trying to row. Even with the ropes there and pulled very taut, you can see that the ferries list against the current. Like, if one of these ropes snap, you would get carried away down this river incredibly quickly. The other option that you see is... I want to say it it is a bridge. It is bridge-shaped. It is definitely something resembling a bridge. But it looks to be made of scrap metal that is hastily assembled and looks incredibly dangerous from a distance. What would you like to check out? And feel free to dialogue as well. All right. Oh, I forgot to mention, Carbon can't speak, so I'm going to be very silent. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, David. Oh, Definitely not an audio was, medium. You know, if that was the case, I was going <laughs> to run with that. I was going to run with that, and you were going to hate me. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, we're going to try. Go for, go for it. <laughs> I was like, yes, I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. They agree, too. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Always agreeing with, uh, with Goobin. Hell, yeah. Okay, so we have two options. The super shoddy, dangerous, 10-second made metal bridge bridging quotations and we have the fairies which disappointingly enough are not small creatures i can just ride across the stream with sorry that's my fault the fact that it's disappointing (laughs) makes me want to use the bridge now because i'm disappointed about it i'm like i wanted to ride a fairy but now i'm like nah yeah i'll go to the bridge because you guys suck I feel like I saw all the disappointment kind of ripple through this call as soon as B said that. <laughs> oh, no, I want to take this stupid bridge. Yeah. Let's, go get, let's go get tetanus on the bridge. We have a doctor in the group. We can cure tetanus. That's right. I can, I can heal people. It's all mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, okay. He's going to look around for the bridge and then look down there and see those two options. All right, guys. So... There was supposed to be a bridge here. For whatever reason, it's not here. But if you look this way, and he does like this, this just over the top gesture towards the two options there, we have a boat, a very big boat, and we have a bridge that doesn't look that great, but I'm sure it's fine. Do any of you know how to drive boats? No. 
Not a clue. Then the bridge it is. Let's go. <laughs> Carbon was about to say, yeah, I totally know how to drive a boat. I am totally for that bridge because you said there was a bridge and there is one. It's just, <laughs> that's the bridge. Love that. Upon approaching the bridge, I'm sure at least one of you has their heart sink a little bit when you realize what this bridge is made of. It is scrap metal, but a very specific kind of scrap metal. This bridge is made up of hundreds, if not thousands, of discarded weapons lashed together across the river. It is rickety. The weapons are tarnished and rusty. And you can tell that they are slightly brittle as well because they're all made of bronze, which is kind of the common material right now. We are very much still in kind of the later bronze age for this world. But yeah, the bridge is made up of discarded weapons. Carbon would, would walk up to like the, is it the foot of the bridge, the base of the bridge, the beginning mm -hmm. of the bridge? And thinking back to what the rules were, don't touch the discarded weapons. And he would like look back with like the most, wait, can we curse on this? Yeah, you can, you can swear all you want. With the most shit-eating grin <laughs> to the group and just like lay a hand on like one of the swords you're like, ooh, I just touched it. And Roll a will. That... No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Just dissolves into dust. Yeah. And carbon is dead. <laughs> yeah, then we would know. Uh, don't ever use this bridge. Yeah, I think carbon would very uh, walk forward, touch the bridge, make sure that it was safe, and then look back to the group and be like, all right, friends, I think it's time for us to sally forth into our destiny and into the future and go to blood. Wait, are we going to finish? I forget. Are we going to finish in or? You're in the Blood River Valley right now, so you're going to Fenchin. Is this the Blood River? So it's not typically called the Blood River outside mm -hmm. of this particular span of it. It's called the Blood River because it was the site of, like, any historian, so we do have a scholar among us, oh. would know that this was the site of a lot of, like, historical battles. Uh, that makes sense with all the weapons, yeah, okay. Yes, I think it's time to, to sally forth into our future uh, and head head forth into Finchin and start walking across the bridge. <laughs> I'm very reckless. This would also be the time that Reginald Ramirez Ramos would take out a little bit of notebook and start sketching around, Ooh. like just tracing the weapons. So it'll be slow going for him, but, you know, he'd be really happy because Technically, these are discarded weapons, so he's technically following the rule oh. that was given to them. So technically, technically I am fine. <laughs> Carbon, why don't you roll me twenty? Uh yeah. Let's get a roll. roll. First roll of the game. Let's get some <laughs> dice out of this joint. I don't want to use those dice. Let's use these dice. <laughs> Got it. Basically, it's a d20, no modifiers, and we're gonna roll on a table. A one is a catastrophe, two through five is a failure, six through 10 is a tough choice, 11 through 19 is a success, and 20 is a triumph. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> what did we get? Thought it was a 20, but that's a two. That's oh. a two. <laughs> oh no. This is kind of a low stakes one, so it's basically okay. just gonna be more of an inconvenience quest. Basically kind of divides the challenges by stakes. Okay. So you can have a low stakes roll, which is basically there will be an inconvenience for failure, but you'll still succeed no matter what. 
or there will be a high stakes roll, which can result in like bad stuff happening to mm -hmm. you. Carbon, as you're striding forward, one of the knives that you step <laughs> on gives mm -hmm. way and your foot plants. Mm. Unfortunately, to catch yourself, you reflexively reach out and grab Reginald Ramirez oh. Ramos while he is sketching. Reginald, roll 20 to save your sketchbook. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> I'm like stumbling, like, oh no, I'm That's like throw the book over. That's a 14? Yeah. Reginald, you're able to catch yourself. The book does not slip into the Blood River. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh my gosh. I would have felt terrible. Uh, oh, 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 Reginald, thank you for providing an always sturdy and steadfast support. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no problem. I'm glad to have helped you. Please watch your step next time. I won't. And he keeps walking forward. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you cross the bridge with little incident until finally reaching the small town of Finchin. Finchin is a collection of, I would say at this point, probably 2,500 souls. It is definitely the biggest city in the Blood River Valley. And it is run by locals, particularly their monarch, who is called the Marathonian, but they are very much under the thumb of the Undying Empire when they aren't in open revolt against the aforementioned Undying Empire. Gubin, you know of the place that you're supposed to stop, and it's called the Cask of Bronze, which is, if you'll imagine a city where it's like the T intersection and the most prominent building is on one of the corners of the of the T intersections. Like Cask of Bronze is literally you can't miss it. Alright everyone. As we enter here, stick with me. I am a people person. <laughs> they will all flock to my radiant personality and I will make sure that we are taken care of. So we need to find just it, it's easy. You can't miss it. When we get to the middle of the town, it will be the biggest building. I will show you. Wonderful. Truer words have never been spoken, my dear friend. Your energy and vibe are inspiring, and you bring joy to so many children's parties with your <laughs> magics. Uh, inspirational to the mo to the max. I am beloved by many. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am going to look at Junebug, and I would go, <laughs> You, they know we can hear him, right? <laughs> they know this, right? Yeah, Junebug's like looking back and forth between that conversation and uh, and and her brother, and is like, "Yeah, I don't know that they know we can hear them." <laughs> cool. Oh well. Oh, when did you two get here? Oh no, <laughs> Reginald, my old friend. Yes. <laughs> My dearest and most loyal friend, Reginald, I'm so happy to finally see you. Pockets <laughs> end. <laughs> Throws his cloak. I am the knight! And he just sort of walks away. It's our fingerless gloves. They make it so Goobin can't see us. Yeah. No, it's he... like he refuses to see us. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> I will not acknowledge you. <laughs> Sorry, Benjamin is so sorry. Oh, you're fine. You guys are fine. It's all good. We're fine. Here's a question. Who among you would have any sort of like 
military experience either in it or interacting with members of the military. Absolutely not, Junebug. <laughs> right. I feel like maybe Carbon, if not Ramirez. Or Re Reginald, I'm sorry. Maybe Reginald Ramirez Ramos, just because maybe that's where I learned my doctoring skills. I don't know, medical skills. I feel like if if Carbon was, it would be like a Zuko kind of thing where it's like, my father was a great military man and I once saw his tactical map kind of a thing. <laughs> like... Carbon is a trusty, confirmed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Carbon's the worst. <laughs> the more I play him, the more I'm like, wow, you're a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so we'll have, let's, let's have Carbon roll 20 on this one. Huzzah. To see if he notices something interesting. So it's a little better, 19. 19. As you're heading into the town, Carbon, you notice there's kind of something familiar about the layout. The way the houses all sort of face the same way, the way you sort of see a, a pattern with the block arrangement where the houses are all kind of identical and then every corner has like a thing, but you can tell that it was assembled from like a standard sort of kit. You also notice that the way that the potted plants are set up is uniform between the three, between all the houses. You can see that like there will be one on the right side of the door and then two in the yard flanking the walkway up to the house. And it's just, it's weird how uniform this, this town is assembled. It's equally weird that there is no one on the streets right now. So kind of like a, like a classic suburban neighborhood, like in the middle of the day. Yeah. Ooh, that is very creepy for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> the friends. Hark! <laughs> this is giving me weird vibes. <laughs> uh, Gibbon, go make an announcement that you are here. Aren't you oh, yes. a famous magician or oh, something? Yes, yes, everybody would One love second. to hear from you, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know they would. You are standing outside of the Cask of Bronze Tavern. You can tell that this is more than a tavern. This might possibly double as, like, there's Town Hall. It's a big two-story building with you can and you can tell it kind of takes up sort of half of its city block so there must be like a meeting area in there could be a mustering hall any number of things but you also notice that it does double as a tavern and there are patrons inside now i would like to ask um how is the door set up it's gonna be like waiter doors so it's not the half doors like in a saloon mm -hmm. they open and close both ways but it's the full door Okay, okay, okay. All right, so then that definitely helps me with this next position. So I will uh, make sure to just brush myself off, uh, get into the zone, walk up to the uh, doors, and just in, an, in a completely uncharacteristic manner, just straight Kool-Aid man kick the doors open. It is I, Goobin! The adequate. Here for all of you to enjoy and behold upon. And in the background, doing fingerless, like, jazz hands, going, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, as he does that, and then there's the, yeah, then he's going to, like, reach into his pocket and throw some uh, glitter just into the air. Oh, yes. 
So do you want to roll 20 or do you have an ability that helps you make a big entrance like this? Bees has that ability. I don't know about his character. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are playing characters. True. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, I made this character and did not choose a move that would let me do that. So, <laughs> no, let's roll. All right, let's roll the 20. Let's see, let's see how this goes. I'm sure it's going to go fine. 100% sure. Just because I haven't played Quest in a while, there isn't like a, a help or it's sort of like a action like that that we can take. Not that I would do it right now. I'm just just for future reference. Not really outside of like specific abilities. Got it. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Wait, I might have something. Let me just. Where is that doctor thing? I have a grappling hook. <laughs> there it is. Modulate. Ooh. Modulate. Yes. So, I roll, and it's a number. I can tell you that. What's the I number? Can promise you that. <laughs> It's a three. Oh, good. Excellent. It's not a can one. I, excellent, but I don't believe Can that. I help with my modulate? What does modulate do? Do you want to read that out loud? So modulate, you can alter the nature and intensity of a nearby creature's physical sensation for up to an hour. Oh. I'm going to change the temperature to feel like a cool breeze goes through the room. Ooh. Ooh. So like a little bit of mysticism here. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Let's see here. All right, so here's what I'll do. Here's usually what I like to do. This is kind of my own house rule. When someone does something like that to uh, sort of save a failed roll, usually what I do is I upgrade it to the next step. So you rolled a three, which is a failure. So we're going to upgrade that to a tough choice. Mm. That's how I like to do it. it. That's not in the book, but that's just, I've been running Quest a lot, and that seems that's to... That's a really good... Really good people problem. seem to like that. It seems to work. So your tough choice, Goobin. Do I shock or do I awe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your difficult choice. Does everyone love you for your looks or for your brains? No. Oh. It's, uh... <laughs> huh. Looks obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Either everyone in this bar basically hates you, but there's one super fan who has actually heard of you. I have to choose that one. <laughs> or everyone in this bar pays you basically no mind and regards you as more or less just like a passing curiosity. The big fan. The big that's, fan a very, that's a very good choice. They actively hate me like I've done something to them? So I'll explain the scene, but yeah, like the, the people are going to dislike you from Go, except like this one dude. Okay. But they're not just like I go. I show up and I'm like, I am here, and they're like, Kill him! <laughs> not not that kind of like. Yeah, it's not going to be like instant bar fight. You said they're instantly going to hate you, and that's why I was like, I just walk in. I'm like, I'm here, and just like people just start shattering bottles and coming towards <laughs> me. Kind of thing. I mean, that's <laughs> what Junebug did when they walked in. No. <laughs> yeah. Shut the hell up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody's just gonna be like, Oh, who the hell is this idiot? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with the first choice. Yeah, we got a super fan. Uh, yeah, I want that. I want that for any any fans of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I want that. I was oh, just thinking oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. In the mouth and face. Yep. That's so what good. I want. I want that one person. Oh, so good. You walk in. You make the announcement. There's a cool breeze. 
it rifles some papers and some clothing. And when you walk inside, you realize, oh, shit. <laughs> this is a militia bar. So we literally get like the movie scene where someone walks into a biker bar, not realizing it's a biker bar, and then makes a big announcement, like a big announcement and realizes it is full of giant burly men with tattoos that are like playing cards and in their drink. The walls are lined with bronze weapons. This place is an armory. <laughs> These people are carrying their weapons openly on them or like laying on the tables or hung up on weapon racks like this bar if you tried to invade this town and you got to this bar it would take you months to besiege these people out of here they are they, like this is a dangerous place and you come in you make the announcement and all of these big dudes look up at you and glower because the last thing they wanted is some noisy dude coming in proclaiming himself as the greatest and offering a magic show. And there is a beat of about, I would say about three seconds, three and a half seconds. And then finally, out of the corner of your eye, like just off into your blind spot, you hear, oh my God, it's Goobin the Adequate. You guys, it's Goobin. Goobin's here. This is the guy I've been telling you about. And this younger looking man with a weapon, like he's carrying a spear on his back. He rushes up grabs Goobin by the hands and just shakes the shit out of your hand. Goobin, Goobin, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe you're actually here. I've heard so much about you. My name is, and you get to name your super fan. Before I name this person, I would like to say the whole time he's shaking one hand, the other hand just keeps reaching in the pocket and flinging glitter all around. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I know, I'm a myth. Yeah. <laughs> He is going to be, uh, let me think right off the top of my head. You got it. I almost said Reginald. No. I didn't stand that. That's amazing. His name will be Philip. Ooh, wonderful. Philip McPatches. Philip McPatches. Love it. Philip McPatches. <laughs> So his eyes are like wide and exciting. And you notice something about this guy, Goobin. Is he on drugs? I, it it kind of looks like it. Honestly, his eyes don't look normal. It looks like they were replaced by little bronze spheres with black pupils that are like holes drilled into these spheres. And when they dilate in and out, you can see like a camera shutter. They sort of spiral in and out as he's looking at you. And he's just shaking your hand furiously. And then as you're looking around, everyone starts to notice probably a third of the tufts in this bar also have those weird sort of bronze eyes. Hmm. Oh, super fun. Interesting. <laughs> Junebug's like, well, thank you very much for having us. It was lovely <laughs> to meet you. And she does a little curtsy and starts trying to back out really slowly. <laughs> Reginald Ramirez Ramos does the exact opposite and just goes, <laughs> what's up with your eye? Oh, shoot. <laughs> so Reginald says this out loud with his whole chest. And <laughs> you see like a tough at a table, like slam his drink down angrily. And then he just shouts, this is why we don't like fucking travelers. 
And then he gets up and he like brushes past you pretty aggressively out of the bar. As he passes, I make sure to throw a little bit of glitter on <laughs> He doesn't notice, but he does have like a little like patch of glitter on his back shoulder blade that looks <laughs> awkward. That's what I wanted. I didn't I didn't want to like throw it in his eyes like pocket sand, but I wanted to make sure that it gets on glitter. him, travels where he's going, and haunts him for the next year and a half. Yeah, that's not coming out for a while. Ever. <laughs> Philip kind of like pulls you all in a little bit and he says, oh, uh, um, that, so that was actually a little rude. So we are the ancestral owners of this land. We, we are the inheritors of Zalo. Well, that is great, Philbert. So do all of you have these kind of eyes if you're an ancestor? Sorry, I'm just really drawn by your eyes. I mean, you want to be really careful about asking questions because a lot of these guys are very prideful. I guess me too. I'm kind of new to it, though. And, 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 uh, yeah. Not everyone in town is one of us, one of the inheritors. But, you know. Are you born with it? Or do you, do you go into, like... At this point, Reginald does do the hand gesture of, like, taking out the eye and sort of like, you know, <laughs> doing that whole motion to express what he's trying to say. Roll 20 for you, Reginald, as Philip explains. No, 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 it's it's all natural. Um, I'm not born with it, though. Uh, 13. 13. Reginald, it starts to collect in your mind. So you are a, a scholar of the Undying Empire. And one thing that you know is that the Undying Empire conscripts from a faraway land basically a type of what I would describe as magically augmented super soldier called the Brazen. You think this might be where the Brazen come from. I lower it to a whisper and I go, are you like the Brazen people? Yeah, we're Brazen. We are Whoa. the inheritors of this land. Nice. <laughs> nice. Can I write that down? Yeah, I guess just, you know, keep it to yourself. Okay, sure. So, are you doing a show? There's one important question that <laughs> must be answered right now. Yes. Is he still shaking my hand? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> so then with one hand, he's like, actually, I grip his hand, pull him closer. Are you ready to be mystified <laughs> and amazed? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then... He's like so overcome, he just hugs you. He just like buries himself in your chest. I'm going to pat him on the back and then pat him on the face real quick, leaving handprints of glitter on both. <laughs> <laughs> Philip has never been so happy in his life to be left with glitter. <laughs> never wash this face again. <laughs> Mostly because there'll be glitter all over my washcloth. <laughs> so Philip, releases you and says, okay, okay, Tapper, Tapper, Tapper Emmerich. And then he runs over to the bar and you see that there is a gentleman there. He is in a leather apron. He is clearly the proprietor. He has uh, normal looking eyes. And Philip is gesticulating wildly, clearly trying to convince this man named Tapper Emmerich to let Gubin perform. Emmerich kind of folds his arms and then uh, cracks his knuckles like I just did. I wonder if the camera picked, the uh, microphone picked that up. And then he he motions the party over to you. To him. He motions the party. He is beckoning you. 
Yeah, there we go. Got it. Nailed it. (laughs) So good at this, guys. The shot was like from Tapper's perspective, looking at the party. Um, Like in the foreground, Carmen would slide forward. He's been at the bar the whole time. He just sort of slides into view. He's like, (laughs) are you looking for our crew? Because I'm already, I've been here for a while. Oh, yes. Drink? Absolutely. Water with ice. No ice, actually. Just water. Okay. Please. Oh, thank you. He walks up to a spigot that goes Mm. from the outside to a rain barrel that was sort of attached (laughs) to the roof, and he just spigots you some fresh rainwater, because it's always raining here. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and he he just hands it over to you. Takes a sip and says, this'll do. I'll take your finest ale now. I always judge a a, a bar off of the quality of its water, first, first and foremost. Well... You're about to find out that's a very, very bad metric. And mm. he hits the tapper on the keg of mm. ale and then hands you a tankard, and it's mm. pretty skunky. Mm. It's not, this is kind of nasty stuff. And you can see that all of the, like, the tufts are like just putting it down. You wonder if maybe it's sort of for them and not for normies. Ooh. This um, isn't going to taste good, but it's also not going to hurt your delicate physiology. I am quite delicate. Reginald Ramirez Ramos comes forward and goes, would you have some hot chocolate with some of those marshmallows? Ooh, that sounds good. I'll have some of that too. It's a much better decision. <laughs> Let's let the dice decide. Roll 20, please. Ooh, yes. The dice, cool. they do be deciding. They do be deciding. Judebug, do you want to roll? Sure. Yeah, Junebug, you roll it. 17. Oh! (laughs) His eyes go wide, and he kind of smiles. Ah! It's been sitting a bit. Do you mind if it's a little on the old side? That's fine. I can heat it up. Yeah, he whips you up some hot chocolate with the little marshmallows. The marshmallows are, of course, a bit stale. Mm. But since they melt in the hot chocolate, it's basically fun. It's basically cool. It's basically fun probably one of the most comforting and warm drinks you've had on the road for a few weeks, at least since the last town outside of the valley. He looks over at Goobin the Adequate. So, Goobin? Yeah. The Adequate? That's a magician name? It is. Did you pick that, or? Yes. Okay, well, I guess... He is very adequate. Mm. Philip likes your work. Are you all hard up for coin, or? No, I never turned down coin, but... I am here to spread my greatness to the masses, first and foremost. And what about the rest of you? Are you part of the act, or...? (laughs) (laughs) Do we all just look so so dejected? (laughs) (laughs) We were going to be, but not anymore. (laughs) Now's our (laughs) chichikao! No, 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 no. We, uh... Bodyguards. Bodyguards, so you can fight. And I am a doctor. Uh, th- that should have led with that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we are sort of around here. I wonder. Would you be interested in a bit of wet work? It is not that kind of show. I apologize. <laughs> oh, you can do a show afterward. In fact, if you do this job, your show is basically guaranteed to be a success. And we would see it. <laughs> you know not about my work. As a favor 
to us. Pray tell, what is the nature of this job? A tomb was uncovered recently, just outside of town after a major flood opened the doors. The local citizens are not interested in going in and exploring it, and the brazen are too superstitious to dare set foot inside. But we were thinking if we saw some outsiders, mercenaries who could fight, we would send them in. We believe that that is the tomb of an old general. And as was tradition hundreds of years ago, when a general died, their surviving men would come and line their grave with weapons. We want those weapons. A technicality, this wasn't this wouldn't count as discarded weapons, right? They're like placed nicely. They aren't discarded. Oh, you should definitely not touch these weapons. I promise you that. But how are we gonna get it if we can't touch it? We will get it. All we need you to do is go in, make sure that the tomb is safe. You can take anything you want out of the tomb. Anything you'd like. Just don't touch the weapons, no matter how much they want you to. Wait, they want us to? Are they talking weapons? Not ostensibly. Oh. And you see the interest of Reginald just go down, like, immediately. <laughs> like, you went, talking weapons? Nah, all right. Well, whatever. I guess I don't want them anyway. <laughs> Stupid non-talking weapons. Right? Dumb. Are you short on weapons here? Or are these significant special weapons? He says that Goobin looks around, like... Yeah, just weapons everywhere. <laughs> I seem to see a, a surplus, as it were. Those weapons belong to the brazen. They were wielded by our ancestors hundreds of years ago, and the brazen see the weapons of their ancestors as sacred to them. Mm. But the brazen won't go in because they also have severe superstitions. They're in a bit of a deadlock and they won't admit it. Don't bring it up to them. They're very stubborn. Mm. Don't talk about the eyes. Don't talk about the superstition. Got it. Okay. You know, it's just one of those things where everything is like an open secret, but like we all know, you know, you, you understand. They're just really <laughs> yes, talking yes, yes, about yes. it. Just, just out of curiosity, if if we were trying to make friends with the Brazen, what are things we could talk to them about? You could talk to them about how much you hate the Undying Empire. Wonderful. Oh. Uh, that, okay. I guess I can tamp down my interest. Maybe you could just <laughs> not talk to them. <laughs> I'll just be quiet, I guess. Mm -hmm. You could talk to them about recent guerrilla raids that you've run on caravans. Okay. You could discuss with them the finer points of swordplay. Wonderful. You could ask them about their ancestors. You could offer to duel them. Or you could give them this disgusting algae swill that they love for some reason. I think I'm going to go with speaking about myself, my accomplishments, <laughs> and everything I have done to wow and amaze them. You know, a good boast, if you can back it up, honestly, goes over really well with these guys. Good to know. <laughs> I am nothing if not good at boasting. <laughs> <laughs> they think that I'm a former pirate. Don't tell them. I am not. Oh. Wonderful. Ooh, subterfuge and, and uh, little white lies. Are, are, I love all <laughs> that. Um, oh, just, just so we can help back up your story, what was your pirate name? Handsome Jack. Jack, wonderful. Oh, it's so good to meet you. Handsome Jack. And he like sort of yells that out to the to the group. I'm intrigued. 
but I, I am one one fourth of this of this traveling band. Friends, what Hark, what do you say about just somewhat potentially sapient weapons and returning them to their uh, friends? Junebug is like very happily like sipping her hot chocolate, kind of just swaying back and forth with her dress. And she's like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Reginald also agrees to do it because I want to explore this tomb and not touch the weapons, whatever. <laughs> oh, we're going to at some point. <laughs> not touch the boring weapons that can't talk. <laughs> I feel like it's very much like an Aladdin in the Cave of Wonders. Like, do whatever you want. Just don't do this one thing. And I'm just like, okay, sure. We're absolutely <laughs> doing it. Yeah. We're just we'll biding our time. <laughs> Goobin, the more than adequate. Goobin kind of has his arms crossed. And he's just uh, looking off, just upset. And he's like, if the rest of my compatriots agree, then I guess, even though... I think it is completely ridiculous that you deny, and he reaches his hands in both pockets and just throws up a bunch of glitter, all this majesty, until a job is done. He, like, quick draws a feather duster and, like, just flaps it in front of his face to keep the glitter away from him and sort of gets it on the lot of you. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> you think it's the first time they've had glitter on them? <laughs> and he does it again. <laughs> and he's like, crap, I wasn't expecting a second glitter. <laughs> they never do. <laughs> Nothing about this interaction has led me to believe that you could possibly have more glitter. <laughs> that is my secret. There's always more glitter. <laughs> he kind of wipes off some glitter and then he looks at his hand, which now has glitter on it and wipes it on his pants and is like, okay, well, that's just my life now, I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. I will make you a deal. If you do this for us and you find that you're able to get into the tomb and it's safe and we can send our people to collect the weapons, not only will we let you perform your show, not only will I talk to the Colonel and make it mandatory for Brazen to attend, but I will also requisition one of our runners to take you to Fort Westpis and the mountains beyond. That is six weeks of travel that will be cut down to two or three because you'll have an adequate guide and a good pace. Oh, wonderful. It's very generous of you. Handsome Jack. <laughs> it is very, very kind of you. And yes, I, I, I for one, am always down to to assist those who cannot assist themselves because of aforementioned uh, superstitions. Just really weird hangups. I honestly, I don't get it. I don't like to double knot my shoes. It's, 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 it, we all have our things. No judgment. A little bit of judgment. <laughs> oh, very well. To reach the tomb, you can take the knife way or the ferry and head across the river back way you came. I'm sorry, the knife way? The Knifeway, the Knifeway Bridge. Oh, I think, oh. It's the so, bridge with the uh, scrap metal. Well, I mean, scrap weapons. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's just a wonderful name. Sorry. <laughs> Those are the lost blades that never found a home. Oh. The, oh, oh. Can we adopt them? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No? All right. Well, that's it. It is a tragedy that perhaps I'll tell you about some other time. Head across the Knifeway. Head north, deep into the forest. Be very careful around the trees. Watch the branches. 
closely. If any of them hold weapons, steer clear of that particular plant. I think we did see one of those earlier. Are they talking plants? No, they don't talk. Again, I don't care. <laughs> well, the Verdrine can talk to them. It's complicated, but just assume that unless you have vines growing out of your shoulders, you, they, you won't be able to talk to the trees. Instantly checks shoulders. <laughs> there are no vines, fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> That's a kind of six in one hand, half dozen in the other <laughs> situation. Like, but okay. there is yeah. a significant amount of glitter on them. That's true. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Goobin, just I, I want to get back to what Handsome Jack was saying uh, just a second ago. But what is your monthly budget for glitter? I feel like it must be very high. <laughs> That's the secret. I make my own. Oh, no. <laughs> Locally sourced glitter. Locally sourced glitter. Yeah. What color are these glitter? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. That is exactly the answer that I wanted. All the colors of the rainbow. Yeah, it's random colors. And it changes. So you don't know if he has multiple pockets that he pulls from, or if there's some weird magic or what. But yeah. Wonderful. Never let them know your next move, even if your next move is just glitter. <laughs> Handsome Jack, oh, you seem to be a very knowledgeable local citizen here. Between the knife way and the other way that you said that I was not able to write down, what would you suggest? If you're going to take the fairies, check the ferryman's breath. Okay. If it's not reeking of gin then the fairy is perfectly safe. If it is, I would be cautious and potentially take the knife way. Cautious is my middle name. Wink. It's not, it's... Is it? That's a Mine is Ramirez. <laughs> I, I thought your middle name was Marielle or something like that. I don't know. You talk to me and half the time I don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't pay attention either when I'm speaking. But wonderful. Thank you, um, Handsome Jack. Do you get paid every time you say that? He slips up a copper. <laughs> now I do. Uh -huh. Sponsors. Anyway, you'll head north after the knife way. And mm -hmm. once you cross three hills in a row, the entrance to the tomb will be at the base of the third hill. Once again, don't care how you get in. Don't care how you get out. Don't care what you take from that place. Just don't touch the weapons and tell us when it's clear. That's it. No matter how much they beg, don't do it. Pray to God, if this weapons talk, I will touch it. But that, I keep that to myself. I don't say <laughs> that out loud. Go north until we cross three hills in a row, and then we're there, right? Yep. Yeah. Over the river and through the woods. It's right in that room. I feel like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna find a sphinx or something, and they'll be like, "Which way were you supposed to go?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't worry, I got this. Glitter. <laughs> the answer is glitter. Glitter always. Well, thank you, handsome Jack. Copper. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will return. Don't worry, friends. I, 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 I have no other business here, and in. in I took notes. We're not in, in Fort... In this tavern. In this here. tavern. It, yes, Finchin, thank you. I was going to say Frickin', but I'm like, that's not right. It's not called Frickin'. Frickin' Finchin. Finchin. Frickin' Finchin. Does anyone else have anything they are trying to accomplish, aside from your wonderful show, Goobin the Most Adequate? Mm, yes, yes. 
Thank you for listening to Game Woven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Game Woven, join the Discord, support us on Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever host you normally use. This week's episode featured me, T.T. Benjamin, at T.T. Benjamin 1 on Twitter. David Tilstra at David Tilstra on Twitter. Bees at Biggest underscore Bees, B-E-A-Z, on Twitter. Galiza at Classical Glyza, that's G-L-A-I-Z-A, on Twitter. And Luna at GamerMomLuna on Twitter.